All right, everybody, welcome to the Purple Friday podcast. Um, as you all know, the Ravens Final 53 is official. I think they still have a few, as of, we're talking right now, this is Wednesday, but uh, they have a few spots left, I guess, uh, three spots left to pick. But um, before we get started, guys, how was, how was the week? You know, we're coming up on a long weekend, Labor Day coming up. You guys got any plans or anything? A quick week for me. Um, going to DR tomorrow. Oh man, nice. Early in the morning. There we go. So the week is over. Today's my Friday, pretty much. And yeah, I've been cramming a whole lot of Ravens information in in the in the meantime. Like a whole lot has, has changed since the last time we spoke. So looking forward to getting into it. Man, who travels more than Trey? Like Trey's actually out here living the life. I, I know. Every world. time I look at an Instagram story, he's somewhere on a boat. DR, <laughs> Mexico, <laughs> Cancun. He's, wherever he's going, it's all white. He's using an all white party somewhere. Yeah. He's got all white on. <laughs> it's, it's a year of first, I'll say that. Trey, you've been at the Rock Nation brunch? Is that where you've been? So he, ain't trying to tell. He, went to Ham- <laughs> he went to that Hamptons party and didn't tell nobody. That's what happened. Right. No, but that's a good idea, though. I'm going to try to make that Rock Nation brunch. Next year. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me know how it is. Yeah, <laughs> was it, right before the Grammys, right? It's dur- during the Grammys? Is that when the, the weekend? Yep. Right yeah, that weekend. Did. Just roll up. Like, I think was what uh, Fonsworth Bentley said, like, a lot of times that like, he would just roll in. He would just walk into places, kind of act like he belonged there, and they no one would say anything. So well, that would be the only way they let me in. Just act like you belong there. You know, <laughs> take some pics. You know, let us know. So, yeah, man. Um, before we get into the Ravens uh, Final 53, um, the guys this week, we, we we went through some sports documentaries, and we're kind of going to cover those before we get into other NFL news. So uh, first, we'll start off with uh, – BS High, or for Bishop Sycamore, for those that remember last year, um, this was a the infamous, I'll put in quotations, high school that played IMG Academy. For those who don't know, IMG Academy is one of the probably the top football program, five school pro, high school football programs in the country. Uh, it's basically a de facto football power, like warehouse. Like it's, they produce some of the best football talent in in high school football those guys going to college and play the sec and the big 10 and acc um it's it's kind of like uh overtime elite is for basketball img academy is for football they have classes at img academy they do some school work but it's it's geared towards producing professional football team. like that's basically what they do I mean, look, as Ravens fans, we got two of them on the, on the team right now. We got Adafi Owe and David Ajabo, both IMG Academy alum. So, uh, but, you know, the Bishop Sycamore doc, I think, featured a man named Roy Johnson. If that's his real name, I don't know. <laughs> Based on watching that documentary, like, I mean, he basically started off saying, look, if there's one thing I can tell you for the truth, I am a liar. I lie. <laughs> Led with that. And um, Trey, I'll let you get your points off first before I delve into it. What what was your takeaways from this documentary? <laughs> My mind was kind of blown. Like I'm not even gonna hold you. Like it was probably one of the most ridiculous the documentary. Was good, but it was just you know it started off like nah, this is it's not this. Like it can't it can't be like what he's saying. Like he's trolling, right? It turned into like. 
you, you learn very early in the doc that this is this guy is like almost as pretty much a sociopath like he he's super arrogant super full of himself um like i say the sociopath and at some points it seemed like he believed what he was saying but what he was saying was like absolutely ridiculous but my my overall takeaway was that homeboy was just doing some evil stuff like it was just probably the most evil thing it started off like wow he's just the biggest scammer in the world but then you realize to the extent of of what he went it's like this is crazy because i remember watching this game live uh when it came on and the scam was kind of like unraveling itself on live tv like the announcers were actually kind of pointing things out that weren't right and players were getting injured and it just didn't just didn't look right you know it looked completely opposite of the team that they were playing against and not just because of the talent it was just the sidelines the coaches all of it was crazy i think the sickest part that i that about the doc is that it just showed how he kind of squandered all of these opportunities away from these from these young these young black men and to the point where it got to the point where like they didn't really have a second chance almost so some of them had a second chance or thought they had a second chance and then when they capitalized on that chance the pass came back to bite them in the butt because of the illegal situation that they were pretty much brought up in um with this team um, they had the one guy that got a full scholarship or a partial scholarship to, uh, I think, Grambling or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, he accepted and everything. And then they called him and told him, you know, once they found out about the whole situation, they had to pretty much renege a scholarship. So that was crazy. Um, by far, the craziest part to me was, I mean, because the scamming, it is what it is. Like, you go in a hotel, you're giving fake checks and all of that stuff. Like, it is what it is. Like, he he's clearly a you know he's a scam artist and he's been getting by people been letting him get by but the biggest part was scamming the kids the part where and this part almost kind of broke my heart a little bit because the fact that he was had these kids taking out ppp loans in their names and ruining their credit and it's not even like you know we all you know went to school and then you know you have the they just kind of throw all these college loans and you sign off. We know what we're getting ourselves into. He was actually manipulating these kids and actually tricking them into signing documentation, not knowing what it was. And that was the sick part about it. He was taking advantage of these underprivileged kids in these specific targeted communities. And they were signing their lives away pretty much. And all of these loans were getting taken out and they were making them pay for all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't even really for the betterment of the program the whole time. It was really just for him. So that was really much my main takeaway. It was probably just the most selfish situation, selfish person I've ever even seen. Like it, it was just mind boggling how you, you would think a sane person, if they were got caught up in something like that, they wouldn't show their face on a documentary like this. This man was front and center, the star. He was glad to be there. He's actually thinking in his head, he's about to get more notoriety. He's about to try this again, but two times bigger. Like, something's really wrong with dude, and he definitely belongs under the jail. Like, it, it was a very sick doc to watch, but um, yeah, I just pretty much watched with my, my jaw was like dropped to the floor, damn near the whole doc, especially the second half. It just got way, way too real. And, you know, anytime there's a, there's a storyline like that and it's affecting us, and and at that age, it's just it's just super sad. So it was just a crazy documentary. I I, I 
I think y'all should all check it out if you haven't seen it because it's just one of them things where it's like you just can't believe your eyes. Like the fact that the scamming got so good, they even scammed ESPN. Just phenomenal. So yeah, that's 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 pretty much my takeaway, man. Stick stuff. Stick stuff. Yeah, um, you know, ESPN obviously declined to be interviewed by the doc team because they obviously had to answer some questions. Like, you know, they had this Bishop Sycamore team hadn't won a football game. They were like one in 18 or something like that. Like they hadn't won a football game, even in their own state. And they're like, how did how the hell did you guys get a game with IMG? Because they said, you know, teams are I don't look, I don't know the behind the scenes stuff. But it sounds like to me that people have to pay to play IMG Academy because they're the most they this is like the team in, in in high school football. It sounds like a lot of these teams from Texas, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, California, whatever, Texas have to pay probably a fee to play IG, IMG Academy. I, I, they don't they don't they didn't discuss that obviously. Behind the scenes, I think IMG Academy was also asked to be interviewed, and they didn't take part in the documentary as well. But it sounds like they're, they people pay money to IMG Academy to play them. Like the same thing you have in college football, where the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Georgias, or whatever, will go play these Division One AA schools, and they write them a two million dollar check for playing them beginning of the season. Like I mean, I think Howard's coach has said it before, Grambling State's. Coaches said it like we know we we play these games because it gives us money towards our program. We know what it is. We know we're gonna get blown out by fifty points, but we it is what it is. That's the game we play. Um, the other part about the doc was that um, it was sad that you know the, the the mom the team moms that did come out and do the documentary talked about watching this happen in real time with their sons. Um, you know who potentially look a lot of these sadly. Um, black kids in these situations, this is a lot of times their only way out is football, basketball. Um, and they were, you know, didn't get any scholarships. They didn't really get any chances to go to that next level. You may be outside of maybe doing a Juco stuff. And here comes a guy that's like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to be able to, I, I guarantee you when they were getting the DM, like they showed the Twitter feed of him re-DMing all these kids saying, hey, DM us, DM us, DM us. And uh, convincing him once he said, hey, we're going to play IMG Academy. I guarantee you, I guarantee you when they when he said that to them, we're playing IMG Academy this year, they didn't care where it was. They were like, if we get a chance to go play IMG and beat IMG Academy, that's going to elevate all of us. All of a sudden, you know, like, oh man, that, that cornerback right there is a five-star recruit that's going to Georgia. That wide receiver has been tearing him up all game. We got to go sign that kid. Like, everybody knew, like, if they played IMG, if they played well, they were going to jump off the screen. But they got into that game. They said the, the coach didn't even have regular practices. Uh, they can't even remember doing any kind of drills or anything. All the plays they got for from Madden. <laughs> for anybody that watched the, the was it the, the Comebacks movie, the little spoof they made about all the high school football, <laughs> and the guy's like, I don't understand it, man. He knows all my plays, and he shows him like and turn the Xbox game off. I'm like, <laughs> this was happening in real life. This was happening in real life. Like, and then they had to. What also got me this? This guy comes on as the matchmaker. I don't know what his actual name is. Comes on as the matchmaker. His professional job 
is to get these high school travel football teams to match up with one another during the season. There's a guy that makes a living off of this. There, there's a man that makes a like he comes on he's got the gold rings on his fingers he's got the nice suit and i mean he's like got the, the gold watch on i'm like he looks like the guy you saw in the 90s college football movies the, the blue chips remember blue chips mm-hmm. he's the guy you saw in blue chips the sleeves like that's the guy behind the scenes <laughs> that has got all the money making all the dealings behind the scenes with these college basketball football but it's happening in high school uh, another thing that got me about the doc too was, you know, the guy used his his mom his his mom or his grandma, his late his mom or his grandma, his late her mother. foundation, his late mother, his late mother's foundation that was supposed to be used to help um, kids get into like better you know uh, college programs or whatever like that to use money for scholars like most churches do, uh, they set up scholarships and foundations so they can help kids uh, pay for their college tuition use that foundation to write bad checks to pay for stuff then the mom's like when she said i picked him up or whatever i need to go to kinko's she's like uh okay and he's like printing checks at kinko's she's like what you're printing it's fine it's got our account numbers on it and everything like no that, that that you can't you can't do that and he's sitting here talking about when they went to the hotels, they were like, oh, we're putting you on a 90-day pay plan. He's like, great, because I'm going to have to pay. I'll never pay. By the time we leave, you'll never see me again. <laughs> the bad part, also bad part about it was he made all these kids, now some of them weren't kids, some of them weren't kids, some of them were 21 and older on these, on this on, um, on this team. But he also made them sign these apartment contracts with this hotel. So as for all of you that know who've had apartments before, know people that have had apartments, if you get evicted from said apartment, that goes in your record, your credit record. When you get an eviction notice on your a credit record and stuff, it's almost impossible to get any kind of housing after that. It's almost impossible. Like, and so from 18 to already have a bad housing record on your record, these people have to live at home, live with their parents for who knows how long. May never be able to hope now that the story's out, hopefully they get that remedied. You know, you, you saw now with this guy, he's got 30 lawsuits from several contractors uh for not not paying, not paying not paying what he was supposed to pay. The guys that were supposed to be the videographers for the team, he came out and said, Oh, these are my friends. I don't have to owe them any money. And they were like, I'm not friends. What the hell is this? He hired us for a job and we were going to do it. We're not his friends. <laughs> like, he he made you believe throughout this whole thing that, you know, what he was doing was God's work. It made you believe like he was doing God's work. An initial guy that he was working with, with the church, Christian, was it uh, COF or COH, something like that, um, Academy, was the initial. He, so he's done this before. And then he comes out at the end of the doc like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do it again. We're gonna come back next season with we're gonna be on the schedule. Like, this guy's gonna keep doing it. But the bad part about it was, I'm glad Bamani Jones was on it because it kind of yeah. gave a lot of insight yeah. to other areas of the high school, high school athletics in general as a whole. And he made it very, he's like, what one thing we can't, we were so focused on this guy, right? That he's obviously the anomaly of all of this because of the fraud and stuff. 
but they like the high school sports system has become so money driven now that Bishop Sycamore obviously was the outlier, but he's like, let's not forget about the other academies that are have doing are doing this legitimately, but are still doing the same thing. Like they're signing these kids, they're playing football, playing baseball, basketball, whatever. I got like I mentioned, overtime elite in Atlanta just got two of their graduates to go in the top five in the NBA draft. And now I will say overtime elite at least pays their high school athletes. I think they have a kid there now that's making six hundred fifty thousand dollars on the roster. Six hundred fifty k. It's crazy. At least they're paying, but they're the only ones I know that pay. There are a lot of other ones like IMG Academy that do not pay. They're a private entity, and they mentioned at the end of the doc a private equity firm or one of the biggest private equity firms out there bought IMG Academy for one point two billion dollars. A high school football academy worth 1.2 billion dollars. And the commanders just sold for what? Like <laughs> se- seven? Like seven billion or something like that? You're it's telling crazy. me a high school football program that's worth more than some high than college football programs are combined. Like if you want to tell like one double A football, like they IMG Academy is worth more than several. I'll say HBCUs. Let's just be real. They're worth more than several of these HBCU football programs combined. A high school football program. And they, I think Bamani Jones made a point of addressing that. Like, he is obviously the con man, doesn't have any money. But there are people out there with the resources and money that are creating these academies. And it's not going to stop with him. They're going to, like he said, they're going to be more Bishop Sycamores. People trying to, all, all this guy wanted to do was if he in his mind in his work mind was if i beat img academy that's gonna everything i've done up to this point is done everything i've done fraudulent wise whatever is all done it's all gone i'm getting sponsorship money i'm getting tv deals i'm getting all the best kids coming to my school blah 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 in his work mind this was his get rich yeah but like they were saying a doc there's no rules against not creating a fake high school the only thing he's in, in, that has a criminal that, that has a, any allegations right now is not paying the contractors. It wasn't defrauding the 18-year-olds. It wasn't creating a fake high school. It wasn't putting the, getting enrolled these kids enrolling in a fake program, uh, making them believe that they're going to get credits that, that will apply to them now potentially going to another college. Like you said, with the quarterback that was supposed to go to Grambling, it wasn't a real high school. None of that he's being charged for. He's being charged for not paying his contractors and the, and the hotels. Everything else, whatever. The fact that he defrauded, I don't know how many of these kids, there was which is why in their court right now, if there were systems set up, there would immediately been a payout for these kids or some kind of retribution or justice for these kids being defrauded. But they have to go to court in a class action lawsuit against this man to try to get something back and clear their names. Because as of right now, a lot of them, like you said, like I said, can't get a whole, they can't get apartment or any kind of long-term stay anywhere because of their eviction notices. They're stuck. They had a guy break down on camera during this doc. He, the, you gotta, like the, the, the mindset you gotta have be in for people that are at their last straw. 
right? They've been building up to this for their entire lives. And we've seen there are a lot of stories, like there are plenty of great stories about guys that, you know, go D1 and maybe not make it and get undrafted and they go make it to the pros and all that that's good stuff. But there's a lot more stories of like guys we saw in that doc where they don't make it to college. Something happens. They don't make it to those schools and they don't know what to do. And the fact that he was preying on these guys, knowing that and seeing it in their eyes, like these guys thinking they're going to use this to catapult themselves to a Grambling, to a Georgia, to a LSU, to a Jackson State University, you know, Florida A&M, whatever the D1 school. And then coming out not only in debt, now you got a bad record on your sheet, whatever like that. You didn't. Now, none of you completed high school, <laughs> apparently. So now you got to go back and get your GED. And, and, and you're over 18. So And you're over 18. And the bad part about other bad part about it was when, when they said we're going to be when they showed it, when they started the documentary, like we're going to be hold up here in this warehouse. I'm assuming this guy's on the run. Like he's not a hold up anywhere. I'm like, this guy's not and he's not didn't do in his house. They did it in some undisclosed warehouse or you know, tanker, whatever, like that. One of those ship, those ship cargo <laughs> things. I did, that's where they did the documentary. Because I'm assuming this man's on the run. Yeah, it was he's got to be. It was just, it was real. Like during the, like the same thing, Trey. Like as I was watching towards the, end, I was, I was tearing up towards the end. I was like, this is just sad. Like you could be this evil to defraud your own people like this, black kids. To defraud black kids like this, knowing that for a lot of these guys, this was their, this was in their mind, like this was the only way out. Football. All they've known is football. And it seems to start like some working at a meat packing place. Or some don't even had don't have a job yet. And some are still tracing their football dreams. Wasted a year with this man. Wasted a year. And got embarrassed with no on more. national TV for this. With no and, remorse, and they asked them. They, they asked them if if you could do this all over again, would you? Would you? Is there anything you would change, or would you do it again? He said, "I do it exactly the way I did it all over again." He was he's he was the the black Donald Trump. As I was watching, this man was the black Donald Trump. This is what Donald Trump is known for: not paying his contractors, mm-hmm. putting out in court and litigation, so that he doesn't have to pay anything, just staying on the run, just doing whatever he wants to do. Like I said, he was the anomaly, but they brought up a good point. It's like money now in high school athletics has gotten a little out of control like i don't know if you guys saw this recently but they now uh football programs are now going to be allowed to release injury reports before games now they didn't never they've never done that before before they've they've never ever done that they've obviously gotten pressure from the people and whoever the gambling families are or the heads are whatever like that in vegas i basically said like there's enough money on these college football reports that we need to know who's playing and who's not so they're going to be putting out reports like i live professional football teams that's insane (laughs) who's questionable who's not because remember i don't think was it a last season uh when oklahoma benched their court i can't remember the guy's name now uh, they benched their star quarterback in the favor of the freshman. I can't remember who it was. But you didn't know until the game started. You had no idea until the game started. Not anymore. This is going to be like professional football now. They're going to be releasing injury reports day before, uh, a couple hours before the game starts so people can place their bets. 
as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is this is gambling related. I know this is exactly this is gambling related. So you know who to put your put your money on. Yeah. So I'm look for all you that listen to this and you have kids that are playing peewee football or playing high school football. Be 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 mindful. Please be mindful. Do your research on some of these programs, especially these up and coming programs. If they've been established and been around for a while, they they may be pretty reputable. But they're new, up and coming. We just started a year ago. Be a little worried about some of these programs. They may be just trying to be cash. They may be like getting as much money as they can this year and then moving on to somewhere else, doing the same snake oil sales and stuff. All right. Um, touch on the Johnny Manziel documentary. That was obviously the untold documentary series. Um, for the most part, you know, it wasn't anything that I we didn't know about Johnny Manziel, um, but I thought it was very interesting. It very came off. It came off to me the way Johnny was talking that um, he didn't. He liked football, but he didn't love football. You know what I'm saying? Like he he liked playing football. He loved what it, the attention that it brought him and the fame and everything else. Like he was decent at it. He was good at it. Um, but he didn't didn't do the extra work, you know. And I remember watching him play at Texas A&M, and you know he was kind of his game his play was letting the play break down, scrambling around for a little bit, either then running for 30 yards or then throwing it to the wide open guy. Like he didn't really care about throwing it to the spot or where a guy finished his route. He wait for the play to break down, and guys would just run around, and that's how he can make his plays, you know. Um, and it showed off, of course, off the field antics and stuff, getting drunk, spending thousands of dollars here and there. Uh, I thought was was interesting was the one that went around, the story that went around that he came from oil money. Um, while his dad did have money, it wasn't like oil money. Uh, apparently, his grandpa had a, had oil money, but didn't leave any of it to his kids. Mm. Probably a whole nother story. <laughs> Didn't leave any of it to his kids, really. So his dad still had to, like, make his own. He still, you know, was well well to do, but not as, you know, well to do as everybody makes it out to be. Um, but it just goes to show, like, what a few plays in college will do for your draft stock. When we had guys like Skip Bayless come out and say, Johnny Menzel is going to do more for the state of Ohio than LeBron ever did. I remember that. <laughs> oh, I remember that. That he stated that, and he was like, "Look, Johnny Man, when Johnny Manziel got drafted to Cleveland Browns, that he was going to do for more for Cleveland than LeBron ever did." I was like, "Okay, insanity." <laughs> he's a he's a master marketer. That's what he is. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and they talked about obviously the infamous uh, when he got he got. Uh, I think it was what it did touch on. What I think they they did touch on. I, I did like was um, when he got busted for him and his friend basically off to the side that were signing football memorabilia, his his jerseys, helmets, all that kind of stuff. And basically made a lot of money off of it. Like his, his friend was talking about, like, we made a lot of money off of this. Uh, NCAA got wind of it and obviously suspended him for, was it a half or something like that against Troy University? I think, I think it was some small school. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that obviously led to the, it talked about, but uh, he brought up you know, you know these this the, Texas A and M. He brought up like how many millions of dollars Texas A and M made 
off of Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel Mania. The, the games that, that, that Texas A&M were able to be featured on College Game Day, you know, ESPN and Fox Sports and ABC and all this other. Like, they got primetime football. The money they made off of Johnny Manziel, and he was like, you know, while I, I, I my parents were well-to-do, he's like, I didn't see that money. I had to go get that outside because they weren't giving me that money. You know, so that uh, while I didn't feel sorry for Johnny Menzel because he did a lot, bring a lot of it on himself, I did feel a little bit more sorry for him in that point because he's not the only one. We've seen several of these college, great college athletes, put these programs on a like put these programs on their backs and not make any kind of money on it. We saw with the Fab Five documentary, Chris Weber said when I think his he was getting ready to go into his junior season, junior season at Michigan, and he walked into. Uh, a store that had his jersey in the store selling for $350. He was like, at that moment, he was like, man, I'm not coming back. I'm going pro. There's no more, there's no way this school is going to make any more money off of me. And Jalen Rose and all the rest of those guys and Jawan Howard. I'm, I'm not doing, no. So I did like that part they touched on with like, you know, even with guys like Jai Menzel and Tim Tebow and all the rest of those guys, and it will continue. And they will, especially the ones that grab your attention, the stars that grab your attention. Caleb Williams, I'm pretty sure, is going to do a USC this year. They're already talking about him. You know, he put the football off the ground and then flicked it down. He hit 50 yards down the field like it was nothing. So you already know this season is going to be full of Caleb Williams clips and stuff like that for USC. Um, so I, I did like that part of the documentary was, you know, the he was and he was very honest. He was like, look, I got into drugs and alcohol and I had some vices and stuff. And even now he's like, you know, he's not really involved in football. He's just kind of living off. I think he's living with his, with his dad or something like that right now, kind of just getting, trying to, before he gets back into some football of some sort. But as of right now, I think he said the, the football fame and the football limelight as a whole was kind of a drug in its own. That led to a lot of the other vices and stuff that the fame you're getting as an 18, 19 year old in college, especially at a school that's not really that was known for football back in the day but not in the more recent history like Texas A&M hasn't really had a lot of dominant football products come out so him being at Texas A&M I feel like if he was at Texas it wouldn't have been as big because it's Texas Texas football but at Texas A&M they had a lot of a lot of big hoopla so him being there big man on campus bring a lot of demons out like if you if you deal with, with a lot of you know a, Addictions and things like that. So at least he was I candid about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Like the one thing I've heard, I haven't seen the doc yet, but the one thing I've heard is that the consensus on social media after watching this doc is give Reggie Bush his Heisman Trophy <laughs> back. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard time and time again. And you know, I'll check out the doc and kind of you know look at all the stuff that you talk about, <clears throat> but. If Johnny Manziel got to keep his Heisman Trophy with everything mm-hmm. that was evidence, when are they going to move on Reggie Bush? Mm-hmm. Like, he needs to be exonerated on all things. Because, let's be honest, they got taken advantage of. And yep. he didn't have, like, a crazy off-the-field story. It was basically the money. He's recruiting, and that's right? It. He's recruiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then like you said about, you know, uh, I'm glad Reggie Bush is actually suing the NCAA now. Like, he actually has a lawsuit against the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Um, That happened, like, a few days ago. Like, he actually did finally got a lawsuit together uh, to reinstate him as a Heisman Trophy winner, give him his Heisman Trophy back. 
um, to absolve him all those issues because as we all know, Pete Carroll just ran away so conveniently when all that stuff was going down. Oh, I'm going to take this job in Seattle. Peace. But <laughs> after all that stuff went down, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to And Georgie Bush was the one to take the brunt. I don't even think the school got any ramifications from that. Like, nothing happened except to, except to Reggie Bush. Yeah. That's the only one that, that anything happened to is Reggie Bush. I'm glad he did follow that. I remember. Yeah, so he yeah. filed a lawsuit, so we'll see where that goes. Um, and, you know, they were talking about, obviously, the, the, the Swamp Kings doc. I haven't watched it yet, but from what I'm hearing across everywhere, um, because Urban Meyer was featured in the documentary, um, they were saying what the BS doc was is what Swamp King should have been for for the Untold series. They said a lot, all the stories for Untold have been really good up to this point, even the Johnny Manziel, they said even the Johnny Manziel was a little softballish. They were like, this Swamp King's one was really softballish. Like they didn't touch on the fact that they said 40 of these uh, Florida Gators players have been arrested while they were playing and a little bit after they were playing. Like, there's a lot of stuff that went on at this Florida program. I, I don't know if you guys watched the U documentary they did, the part one and part two. They touched on more stuff in that U documentary than they did in this Swamp Kings one. They're t- yeah. they, the way that people, the people who inside who know about the that Florida program and Tim Tebow was there, like, they were getting wild stuff, apparently. Yeah. They were involved some wild stuff. And apparently this documentary just kind of came off as Urban Meyer's reclamation project. After all the Jacksonville Jaguars, they even said, they apparently said, after at the end of the documentary, oh, John, uh, Urban Meyer was uh, was decided to leave the Jaguars uh, football team. I'm like you were fired, yeah, <laughs> because you were kicking people. Okay, like you were actually kicking people. <laughs> like he, he was a terrible head coach, and it sounds like, and we saw, look, it, it, we saw the stuff he did. Look, apparently, allegedly, uh, not allegedly, he was on camera. Him getting a lap dance from a 20-year-old or 19-year-old woman uh, at his bar in Ohio yeah. that he has in Ohio. Um, we, we've heard some stories about Urban Meyer and this football program in Florida, and they did apparently didn't touch on any of that stuff. They just talked about how great the football team was, and they were national champions, and Tim Tebow was the ultimate Christian, you know. And I, I, they were saying like I think it was Tim Tebow was a good mask for what everything was going on in Florida. Because Christian, because Tim Tebow was so straight laced, that it kind of created a barrier to everything else that was going on. I'm, I'm inclined to believe that Urban Meyer probably had strippers, probably at, at, at when they won games in the locker rooms. Tim Tebow probably excused himself. You know, he probably <laughs> excused himself. But I'm pretty sure the rest of those dudes, uh, they got down. I would wouldn't put it past Urban Meyer to do some stuff like that. There's some, there's some look, look. look College football is dirty business. There's a lot of dirty business in college football. People don't really, really understand. Like, for those who watch, like, he got game. You remember he got game. Yeah. I remember. You remember he did the recruitment process at, what was it, Big State, or the university, whatever it was called. And he went to the dorms and stuff. And he had, he had himself a little fun time. Crazy. Yeah. That's that kind of stuff that goes down. These recruiting trips at these big colleges. The booster club. As they call them, mm-hmm. yeah, the college football, college bat, dirty business. The thing, definitely dirty. But um, all right, let's move on to some NFL news real quick. So we all saw 
the Jonathan Taylor fiasco play out. He is on the team. <laughs> after the Colts has said, after Jim Mercy said, we don't care about, you know, we don't really value running backs and, you know, we, we don't care. Whatever you can look whatever he wants. Then they come out and say, we want a first round pick for Jonathan Taylor. He's allowed to go out and find a trade partner if he wants one. Apparently, there were teams that were interested. But I guarantee you, none of them were willing to give a first round pick for Jonathan Taylor. So now he is starting on the pup list. I think he's going to miss the first four games. Um, if if I'm Taylor, I don't know if he plays. Be quite honest with you, but all this stuff going on, yeah. I would I wouldn't play. For what? Yeah. For what? I mean, if you're not going to pay me, you're not going to give me a contract next season. You already made them very clear you're not giving me a contract next season. Why would I go out there and potentially risk myself an injury? To like, I'm not going. I'm not risking tens of millions of dollars. Like at this point, I'm like, I'm turning all my Colts gear. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. I'm going home. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not showing up. Yeah. Period. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not coming there. I'll be a free agent next year. And I mean, I, I think they said they got. They have a fifth year option on him, and they can guarantee it. Like, if I'm down the tail, I'm looking. If, if if this is the end of my football career, if this is the end because other teams may not want to touch me. I'm like, you're not gonna trade me. Obviously, you're, just, you're clearly not just not gonna trade me. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm not playing. Period. You get good kick rocks. I'll go find something else to do. Yeah, that's Dude, all. I start a podcast. Everybody else doing. I start a podcast. Every <laughs> other player doing it right. Yeah. I, if I'm him, I'm I'm doing like as, as a, in a wrestling term they call it pipe bomb. When wrestlers start telling the real truth behind the scenes, mm-hmm. stuff going on in like the locker room and stuff like that, like not the fake story stuff, but the real stuff going on behind the scenes. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm starting a podcast. To guarantee everybody watching that because he's like, I'm telling everybody, I'm telling all the business, mm-hmm. all the business. What y'all want? I'm telling all cult business right now. They can't do nothing. What are they gonna do? Shut me, man? They gonna silence me? <laughs> Just like uh, Jeff T. Jeff Teague's giving it up, boy. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. He's he been giving it up. The Hawks, the, the giant. Like, the no, I'll player. say this. I'll say this before we, you know, I'll give you guys takes on the Taylor thing. I love these player podcasts. Yeah. I love it because it's giving us an inside stuff. Like, look at, like, we give these, the teams in the front offices all this, like, you know, mystique and this like shrouded in mystery about what the demons that happen behind the scenes and all this other stuff. And you find out that they're just average people. They got feelings like the fact that he walked in and told Jeff Teague, I don't like your height. I just I just don't like you. <laughs> Meanwhile he signed him like he's like okay. And then you tell him that before he got traded, I don't like how tall you are. I don't like your ball, like your ball. <laughs> and then found out, oh yeah, we didn't trade you. Good. We'll see you in Atlanta next week. I'm like does that's a, that's a oh little, man like, so, but the stuff like that happens in sports like we don't we don't hear that stuff all the time and then yeah i think it's i, I think it's great i love it yeah yeah but what, what do you guys take on this john taylor staying with the colts this season he's on the public for four weeks we, yeah yeah is he, is he even gonna play is he even gonna play this year like it's, it's going pretty much how i thought it was gonna go i mean i said last week that um when it first came, I think when we did the pod last week, I think it just came out that they were going to allow him to trade. They were going to allow him to seek out a trade or whatever. And then when, they, when we found out, and that's exactly what I said. I said, they're going to ask for something ridiculous. It's not going to be tradable. And it's really just going to be a slap in the face to humble him up, to show him how much he's worth. And 
it's, it's going to be ongoing. And that's exactly what happened. They offered the first, got a whole bunch of teams interested, a whole bunch of teams wasted their time. And because nobody's giving up a one for a running back, even, even Jonathan Taylor. And if they did, I mean, I would be surprised if they did. But like I said, it's more so just Jim Mersey just slap in the face. He's just trying to humble that man. Like he now, now, you know, he had to come back after nobody took that deal. Not that even if somebody offered him that he would even entertain it. Because who knows? He may not not have had he may not have had any intentions on trading him from the beginning. And the the one is just something he threw out there because he knew it wasn't really attainable. So. Yeah, it just it just sucks what's happening to these running backs. This, this situation is a lot more messier than other running back situations, just because how I was going about. And and yeah, I'd be interested to see what he does. I mean, probably going to start off like you said, Miles on injured reserve. I think he has to a certain week before this contract's you know has to get paid out or whatever the situation is. Like you said, he has a fifth year option or some something that they can still capitalize on. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Man, Jonathan Taylor better stand his ground because if he doesn't do it, there is no there are no more legs to stand on. Like for running backs, like how this goes is going to determine how it's going to go in the future for running backs. Like if he holds out and he's the um, what's the word I'm looking for the martyr for this, like it's gonna it's gonna open up a whole new wave with collecting bar collective bargaining, but. The only thing that doesn't surprise me about this whole situation, well, the one thing that surprises me, I'm sorry, the one thing that surprises me about this whole situation are the offers that Miami is, I mean, uh, the Colts are sending people. They asked Miami for Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Jalen Waddle, who's a, a definite number one receiver anywhere except Miami. Um, like this... This is insane. They wanted a first-round pick. They want Jalen Waddle. So I wonder what they asked the Ravens. They probably asked the Ravens for Lamar or or right. <laughs> Ronnie Stanley or Zay Flowers. We want Zay Flowers for Jonathan Taylor. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we want we want uh we want Patrick Queen and Marlon. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's just insane. So, um, they went into these trade negotiations like not. You know, not honestly and not truly trying to trade him. They just wanted to make something outrageous, like Trey said, so they can go back to Jonathan Taylor and be like, "Hey, nobody wants you." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a unfortunate situation, but yeah. Let's see what happens. My man, my man froze up. He's smiling though. Look at him. <laughs> hey man, it got you on a good freeze frame. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, let's let's. Uh, I guess we jump into another topic. Uh, what else we got on here? What else uh, on Trade Lance to the Cowboys. Wow! Did not see that coming. <laughs> did not see. Did not see that coming. Well, I seen him losing the the backup QB job. I didn't see. I really didn't see coming. When he became the third string, I. I thought his value was diminished at that point, to be honest. So I'm thinking, okay, you, you didn't get the second string uh, QB job. That's a red flag. Number yeah. one. And number two, the fact that they were still able to get something. But they get a fourth or a fifth? But then they got a fourth. Fourth round pick? I mean, that's something, even though I feel like they could have got more. 
had they traded traded him before you know they announced that he didn't get the the second string quarterback job i feel like that was kind of bad business on their part like don't don't announce that he didn't win the second qb job and then trade him unless they only did that because they know they were trading him then i guess that's a different story but yeah to the cowboys that's that's interesting we were talking earlier about cooper rush and mm-hmm. how he looked like cooper rush should look pretty damn good so i mean yeah. are the cow are you trading to the cowboys on some I mean, they gave up a fourth round pick, so you would think he's not going to be the, the third string quarterback. I, w- I would hope that he would at least be the second string quarterback. And in my mission, like, Rush had a really good year last season. So, yeah. kind of bamboozled on the Cowboys end, not so much on um, the 49ers. And I mean, they had to do something with him. And I thought they were going to end up having to cut him because, like I said, I thought his value was diminished after he lost that backup QB spot. But the fact that they still got the fourth out of the deal. I mean, that, that's something. Yeah, I think um, if they didn't announce he lost a, a backup QB job, that they could have got like a second. I, I again, yeah. yeah, I don't think they had to say they had to say anything. Like it was just they could have just said we're keeping three quarterbacks and address that come week one. Like you didn't have to say anything. Yeah. Like they don't have to release any depth charts or anything like that right now. Like it's just roster cuts. Like. Yeah, you give up three first rounds. It's it's gonna be a stain like on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch because I'm I'm pretty sure now. Look, I'm pretty sure John Lynch up to this point has pretty had a pretty like good record as far as drafting when it came to the 49ers. I would assume that Kyle Shanahan probably told John Lynch, "I want Trey Lance because I can just develop it." Yeah, I he felt that. like I'm the quarterback whisperer. I'm I turned RG three into a good quarterback. Like I can. I can do this. I can do this. Like, all right, we'll do it. And now you you think about it with where the 49ers have been drafting. I mean, towards the end of the first round, but a lot of those guys that you're drafting in the top of the second round, end of the first round could be contributors today on that team. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I got him again. (laughs) I got him. Um, I'll pick up the hooks up. A guy that you traded for fourth round. I hope that you bet, oh, you bet, you bet. So yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping I'm hoping Trey Lance. I, I, look again, I, this was a different Jerry Jones move for sure. Didn't tell my McCarthy anything. <laughs> like I, I, you got Cooper Rush there already, so I'm like I don't know where you you I'm can't even Dak's not even right. Like you can't even get Dak developed the right way. Like. It, Unless they they unless they kind of get, getting a little low on deck, I mean maybe it could be it could be deck maybe on borrowed time this year. Might be the like two year move, two yeah. year move. The one thing I think I saw somewhere is that their contracts line up together. So maybe like you know something happens, deck doesn't play well, but and then Trey Lance comes in and plays well. Um, that you know they can move on from Dak, go right into a Trey Lance contract. And they got more leverage because Trey Lance would only have what two years with them before they have to make a decision on him. So, yeah. and they can be as well at that point. Yeah, <laughs> right. They don't. They don't owe him a fifth-year deal, or I'm, does that does that carry over? If they trade him for his rookie contract, right? So, if he were to get his five two five years, I don't know if that's if that is based on the team that drafts you. I'm not sure what the rules. So we had to check that. Out. I had to check that out. Yeah, if you're yeah. traded within that, you know, you're especially if you're drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. If you're dra- if you're traded, then 
is that team like responsible? I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, um, I wish no luck to the Cowboys. This is definitely a Cowboys move. You know, this is this is what teams that don't know what the hell they doing do. Um, Your riddance. Whatever. You know, wear the star proudly, man. Yeah. On the bench. They're gonna they're gonna be cool by default just because the NFC is kind of like eh. Yeah, it's whatever, right? They'll be they'll be like the third or fourth team just because. Right. Yeah. Nobody else. Um, we'll touch on this story real quick. So, I don't know if you got there are reports going around. Obviously, the, the Cardinals traded Isaiah Simmons to the Giants. Um, they traded Colt McCoy, who was their backup quarterback. They traded him away. He's gone, or released him. Whatever. They he's gone. Uh, and then there were stories or randomly rumors going around that they were secretly telling people that Colin Murray was not playing this year. Apparently. Now, Kyler Murray just signed a massive contract. If they're tanking, if the rumors are true and they're really going after Caleb Williams. Now, look, this isn't the first time. Remember, they drafted Jared. Was it? Was it not Jared Goff? It was. Was it Jared Goff? No, it was. Uh, who's the guy they tra- that drafted and they they traded away like two years later? Uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Oh man, I can't even think of it. Yeah, I can't think about. What year was this? This is right before Carla, right? Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah, Josh they drafted Rosen. Josh Rosen. Got about him. Two years later, they trade him away. He's gone. First round draft pick. Obviously, they changed coaches. Coach didn't want him, so they traded him away. Are we headed to the same? This appears. This appears like they're tanking. Like, what made them like? Why they, they traded Isaiah Simmons away for like a low draft pick too? It was like you're just getting rid of people. I didn't understand any of these moves. They traded Colt McCoy away, who was look, he's a good backup quarterback. He could have win at least win you four or five games this season. It appears. I know they've been coming out saying that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. I'm like, it, it appears that's exactly what y'all doing. Yeah. Y'all are, y'all have come to terms with the Kyler Murray situation. I'm like, yeah, we don't really like this. And we were we want out now. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like, it's like ever since he inked that deal, it's been like, been bad ever since like you know the thing with the the the, the film the, the requirement to to watch certain amount of hours of film and all that in his contract and he had to undo it it was like it was just bad it was just bad energy from the time he inked that deal onward and the fact that he you know he has his injury to kind of lean on is like now at this point he might as well milk it. I mean, he's paid already. So it's yeah, like, I mean, what am I rushing back for? I know what my roster looks like. I know the roster. <laughs> I'm here. I'm in the building. Like, I'm not rushing back to that. So maybe they're just on some, like, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking they're probably going to have probably the worst record in the league this year. And if Kyler Murray was playing, I don't think it would be that much better than that. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't had a few games on that they might win, but I don't, I'm looking at their team. I don't really see anything that promising. I mean, the best thing they probably got going for him is their running back. James Conner's decent, but he ain't about to win you no games. So, 
yeah i i don't know it, it's a it's a tough situation there their best bet might be to trade him but like you said it's not it's not it's not a good look uh based on the history of the role they've been going down like it's just it's just fluke after fluke after fluke and the Kyler murray thing is just like it's so night and day from when he signed that deal to to where we are today it's like the fall off is crazy and and he's just injured but he he got full leverage now so it was like f y'all yeah. <laughs> and he don't like the coach anyway <laughs> right nope um yeah, it's it's really crazy. There's like no good news coming out of Arizona because they just got hit with something else. But um, like Kyler Murray's done. I mean, when they put him on the pup, I knew that was something. But when the rumors started coming out that he could be out for the year, it made sense. I mean, well, he got hurt um, week 14 last year. Um, this is a guy that they question his ethic, like. And if a guy doesn't have a great work ethic, rehab is going to be a mud. Like, it's going to be longer. Like, the guys that come back quick are the guys that have great work ethics. So, I can see him being out for the year. I mean, him coming back week eight was a possibility, I guess, before. But, honestly, if you're not doing good at week eight, you know, you might as well sit him for the year. Yeah, this it's also it also may be an indictment of how they see their team overall. Like if they don't think that this team is competing in the playoffs or as a contender, why bring them back? I mean, you already gave them 135 million. You might as well wait and try try again next year. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a bad situation in you know Arizona, but you know. Guys like you know Hollywood Brown, you know, wanted to go elsewhere. You know, didn't want to be here anymore. Didn't want to stick around. Didn't want to wait and find out. What you found out? Arizona. Yeah. I hope you're happy, Marquise. <laughs> you have to run and found out. You got it after run and found out. Now you're gonna be getting the ball thrown by some XFL player. Grass ain't, ain't always green on the other side, man. Good job, yeah. good job. Right Say flowers. We're gonna after this season, after after a game like Trey, like you say, after after oh, Travis, after game one, we're gonna be like Marquise who? Man, Marquise messed up. Man, he could he could have been our fifth receiver, dog. Yeah, he I want to see. You could have had Mark. You could have had Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, Odell, and Zay Flowers. Man, Look, Hollywood, you messed that up. Week eight, I want to see Marlon locking up. On Hollywood and just destroying. We him. play the Cardinals. We play the Cardinals this year. We so, game. We game. Well, <laughs> we game. Well, I hope. I hope uh, Hollywood is is healthy. Yeah. I mean, this one of them seasons where if I get hurt, I might have to just milk. No, this that. is one of, when you see a team that's bad like this, and you're playing a team like that. If you get yeah. it's like you tell people like, "Yo, dog, if I get hurt week seven, I'm out." <laughs> you get you get yourself a time frame like anything after week seven, I'm out, man. Anything yeah. week seven, I'm just, I'm just out. And I don't, I don't, I don't hate Hollywood, but damn, like they, they threw that man out there on the on a PJ draft night, like they did. He was he was tweeting out like, yeah, he was like, yeah, man, they treat me good out here. Like, all right, all right, man. It's, it's right. crazy. It's wild. Uh, before we get to the Ravens uh, final fifty three, real quick, obviously there's also other news going around. Nick Bosa. Uh, not getting extension done with San Francisco, and apparently is very irate. There's been rumors going around they, they, that the 49ers are getting a trade package deal together with some AFC team that they have not mentioned. Um, they came out today and said, we are not intending to trade Nick Bosa at all. 
obviously this is all every team says that until a trade is done <laughs> and then we find how many times we've we heard this statement right we're not intending trading them and then a week later so-and-so got traded like <laughs> like if the deal is right and the money's right they're like we'll trade them now, look here's here's the issue with good teams right a lot of times when you develop players you draft well you always assume like we don't have to pay you because we always find another replacement yeah you're nick bosa you you know even as a player of the year you know at one point we don't have to pay you we can find another one we got we got a best g one of the best gms in football best scout teams in football we can find another one there's another always another pass rusher edge rusher you're not the, you're not the greatest passers of all time you're not lawrence taylor out here you're not even your brother not even tj not that brother, brother. The other Joey Bosa. The other brother. <laughs> yeah, Joey Bosa. I'm talking about TJ White now. The watch, Joey White. Um, but you're not even like necessarily as maybe a little bit better than Joey. They've had their good years, but they're the the, the 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 issue with good teams is that you get a little arrogant in thinking that oh we have, we we have draft well and we generally sign or develop players well. We think we can do it again. Right, we can just let you walk. We don't have to pay you your money. We go find somebody else. Mm. The the 49ers are also, you know, they're paying George Kittle. They got Debo. They got Fred Warner. You know, they got a few pieces that they're getting to take care of outside of Nick Bosa. And I'm pretty sure Nick Bosa is looking around like, if I, I was defensive player of the year at some point, you know, I'm as, just as good, not on the same level as T.J. Watt. I'm expecting the same kind of compensation, you know, and especially if he's resetting the market, a little bit more money. So I'm pretty sure the 49ers and them are at an impasse right now, you know. Um, then the good thing for the 49ers, they don't have to really pay quarterback right now because Brock Purdy was a seventh round draft pick. So I have to worry about definitely picking up his fifth year option. But they still have other issues they got to take care of salary cap wise. And if if he is on his way out being traded, I'll put this out there. Do you think the Ravens, knowing the situation we got a pass back right now, could potentially trade for Nick Bosa again. He he would bring a huge cap hit if we were to bring him in here. But would would you be open to the to that reality? I I'd be open. I'd be open to that reality for sure. I mean, and only because the way this year is going, we're we're pretty much in a win now mode anyway. It's, we're almost in a win this year now mode anyway. Just because when we talked earlier about how many free agents we're gonna have next season, like every. A lot of our star players, a lot of a lot of our, you know, our, our whole offseason outside of like obviously who we drafted, like people on one year deals. We got a lot of star players on one year deals. So I mean, the Ravens has already sent the message of what they're actually trying to accomplish this season, and that's why everyone's kind of so excited about this team because it seems like they have that all in mentality right now, just based on how they're paying guys. All that money they gave Odell just for one season, so that he can change his mind next year and decide to go somewhere else. That's not by accident. Um, so yeah, I mean, if we if we with this all in um mentality and you know we got obviously got Lamar locked down for the next five years, but so that I guess in their mind they're like either way we're gonna have a shot, you know, regardless of how our team looks. But it's clear that they've sent a message that we're all in this season. So if we can make a trade and work out some compensation to, for him to get over here, we still got a full season in front of us. Get the trade done before week one or by week one, week two, whatever. I'm all for that. Are you, you kidding me? Like, this is one of those, um, our D-line, like, I mean, it doesn't, it didn't get talked about as bad as the our wide receiver group last season, 
But our D line is in just as much of distress as our receiver room was last season. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's no worse. And um, EDC did a, a hell of a job this year, changing you know what that room looks like. But he, you know, it, it'll kind of be like you know, it, it's not going to be easy to get done, obviously. But you kind of got to keep that same energy on the D line because they haven't showed us a thing. And in preseason, they didn't show us any different either. Um, you know, even though we're, we're, we're just kind of waiting for, obviously, Ojabo to, to come along. And we signed Clowney, but Clowney is really just a Band-Aid. He's not, he's not somebody that we signed that's going to, like, you know, kick a, kick a hole through the wall. And, and you know, he's going to get to it and, and make up for all the sacks that we lost and, and the players that we lost to, you know, free agency and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I, I would say all in. I'm completely open for it. If, if we signed a guy like Nick Bosa, like we had all these concerns about, I wouldn't even be concerned about the DBs anymore at this point. We'll, we'll be help, we'll be pretty much good good to go with one star DB and Marlin and then whoever else at our two and three. And if we had Nick Bosa on third downs, like I, I feel, I'll feel good about that. So how, how feasible is it to get done? That's another question, you know, I'm glad I'm not the GM, but I'm sure he can get it done. I mean, with all the money they moved around with Lamar getting locked up and with, you know, one-year deals, he can make that happen at least for the season. The question would be, will, will Nick Bosa be willing to go somewhere to finish out his, you know, whatever this, this year's on? He's going to he's gonna most likely want compensation too um, or some type of prom that he'll be extended. So um, if we can do that, cool. Um, but at the same time, it, it might work to the expense of somebody, but we, we don't know how he would have to get that deal done. But being open to it, 100% open to it. Yeah. Um, man, if if it was a possibility, man, I'm packaging two first-rounders and Odafe and calling it a day because this is that level of player. I mean, what, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, three of his first four seasons. He was a player of the year. Um, yeah. 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 Like this guy is just, he's that guy. My thing is, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's, a, it's a Lamar time. situation. It's a Lamar situation where, you know, this is, this is the posturing to get that deal done before it's too late. So I think this is a posture. These leak reports, I don't even think they're true that they're going to trade him. I think there's going to be a deal done next week and he's going to reset the market but if he was by chance available you got to throw the kitchen sink at this i mean that guy if we thought roquan changed the complexion of our defense nick bosa racist and all (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how you're in our locker room it's been in baltimore baltimore in general right yeah yeah it's a little too brown over here. Yeah. Brown. Right, Travis. I don't know how it fit in the locker room, but hey, uh, when them W's is rolling in, hey, look, it don't matter when that check clear and them like you, you don't care, right? You know, they, gonna have, they gonna have Nick Bosa Park High Strike. They just, right, they've been, they've had a lot of races playing the NFL. Who's mad to stay locker next to Lamar for like two, three weeks? He'd be at. He'd, he'd be taking photos of Lamar and everything, yeah. throwing up signs and whatnot. He'd be like, Man, <laughs> I had I'm, a change of heart. <laughs> hey, if it happens, throw the sink at him. But I don't think it's gonna. Yeah. I don't think it's happening. Yeah. They said that, that they expect him to have a deal with them done in the next few days. Um, obviously, again, he's wanting this to reset the market. And but the weird things have happened. We've seen things. We Pulling saw what Dumerville. Remember Dumerville several years ago? 
facts didn't go through <laughs> for his contract situation and he ends up in a reservation. So, look, weirder things have happened. So, uh, if that means a one year thing where you get Nick Bosa on this team and you just kind of let it ride for one year, I would look, I'm pretty sure the Ravens wouldn't scoff at it, whatever, you know. Um, so let's get to this Ronald Ravens final 53. Um, my takeaways real quick. Um, glad Keith Mitchell made the team. I'm real glad it was when I saw, I saw Melvin Gordon waved initially. Um, I immediately said like, all right. Um, I immediately said, all right, Keith Mitchell with the team. So I'm good with that. Um, I did see, um, man, was it man? The Marvin, oh, Malik Ham made the roster outside linebacker. Um, I saw he made a team, and I didn't really see him flash a whole bunch during the seat. During he was, he got mentioned a couple times during the games. Um, but that probably lets me know that Tyus Bowser's situation is a little more serious than they let on. Um, that he, they probably don't expect him to play. He's going, he's definitely starting on pup this year. Um, I still don't know what happened to his leg. Like, they still haven't addressed, like, why he was living in the training camp. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, also, uh, Kai Blue, Kaya Kelly did not make the roster. Um, another Ravens cornerback that was drafted that did not make the team. I wanted to mention, before I get your guys' take on this this roster sheet real quick. At, after 2017, Marlon Humphrey was the first round draft pick for the Ravens. In 2018, they drafted Anthony Everett in the fourth round. No longer on the team. Only cornerback they drafted in that, that draft. As of 2019, they drafted Iman Marshall. I don't know where it happened to that dude. He's not on the team anymore. Only quarterback drafted in the fourth round. 2020, they drafted... No one, not one cornerback was drafted for the Ravens in 2020. 2021, Brandon Stevens, who now wants to play safety at this point. Sean Wade got traded before the season even started. And then last year in 2022, they draft Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour Davis, who are still technically on the team. But then this year, they draft the only quarterback, cornerback they drafted, Kaya Kelly, and is now a Seahawk. On the 53. And Jay Lamar Davis is also a fourth round pick, and Pepe Williams was a fourth round pick, along with uh, Kai Blue Kelly, who was what, a sixth round pick, seventh round pick this year? Mm-hmm. They haven't drafted a first round draft cornerback in, since 2017. If there's a blind spot with EDC right now, it's secondary. He's, he's had to literally rely on fourth round and lower draft picks. You had to go sign Marcus Williams as a free agent to play free safety for you. Because you let go of Deshaun Elliott. You let him walk. He's gone. He had to go sign Marcus Williams. But outside of Marlon Humphrey, no one above the third round has been drafted by the Ravens since 2017. And three of those guys aren't even on the three or four of those aren't even on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lack of investment because now I'm thinking about Chuck Clark was a seventh round pick. Yeah, 
in that secondary. Geno Stone is a sixth or seventh. They've been, we've now seen over the last few years, at least in the secondary part portion of the Ravens draft, they don't really value secondary players. But the bad part about it is they've been drafting. They got a Jabo in the third round last year. They drafted Nadafi all the way the year before that in the first round. What we've seen from Adabo this preseason hasn't really excited us too much. You know what we've seen from Adafi the last two seasons? We're like, I could understand if you guys are going to whiff on cornerbacks and stuff like that in the draft, you know, you know, late round picks. But you, you're going to have to hit on your edge rushers if that's going to be the case. We're going to need to see Adafi and Adabo be like, I mean, I mean, double digit sacks from these guys every year. If you're drafting where you're drafting, yeah. and you're not drafting first round cornerbacks, like your first picks, like I mean, yeah. that, that's my take on the 53 man. It's, it's it wasn't too much unexpected stuff. So yeah. I'm happy that Keaton was there, but them cutting another cornerback they they, they drafted, cutting him, and he I don't think he's making the practice squad either because apparently they just said Melvin Gordon's back on the practice squad, yeah. and somebody else too. Um, I just saw that. They just said Melvin Gordon and was it somebody else made the practice squad. I can't remember who else it was. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see too many um too many surprises on the list. Um, couple couple of things that probably stood out was uh, I was surprised that Ben Cleveland uh, made it, but um, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, you know, after after all pan out, he actually after, besides that one Jalen Carter play. Which people were kind of digging in his, yeah. You know, I mean, you know what? For for getting beat so bad in that first preseason game, he's he's played okay. But I, I'm still shocked that he's just kind of like you know he's he's just somehow existing. He's somehow surviving on his team. But um, that I was actually surprised he made it. Um, Keaton Mitchell, obviously, there was no surprise there. We kind of knew what that was. Um, there's no way they was gonna let him go to another team. Um, as far as the DBs, they cut a lot of DBs um, that came through. Um, a lot of those DBs, I think, were just there because we were kind of scared with the injury. Carter Houston that they just signed a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, Houston Carson or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Houston, he, yeah. Yeah, he um he got released. I think he was signed more so as insurance and camp body too. Um, once we started getting positive feedback on. Jalen Armour Davis and Marlon's timetable and Brock Brock coming back as well. I think you know they just kind of just started dumping those guys off. So I'm not really surprised at what happened there. Um, yeah, it was real. It was really no big surprise. I was surprised at first about the quarterback situation. Um, just I think they released both Josh Johnson and Anthony Carter. I think they kept Anthony Carter on the practice squad, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, or, Josh, Josh, Anthony Brown got brought back. He was the other one. Anthony Brown got brought back in the practice squad. Okay. Um, I don't think Josh Johnson. So, so maybe, you know, they might still keep him based on that new rule or whatever the case may be where they can kind of activate an emergency quarterback, yeah. Depending on the situation. Um, yeah. I, I thought Seymour would make it. I did too. I thought he, he played fairly well in comparison to the other guys that are, that were out there um he made a couple of like plays that i was kind of excited about but like i said we'll see kind of what happens with that and um caillou kelly i wasn't surprised that he 
was cut based on what I've seen. But I was surprised that he was cut based on the Ravens, him being a Ravens draft pick. Like, I, I wasn't expecting him to cut um, Caillou Kelly. Um, so that, that makes sense. And the, the wide receiver room completely makes sense um, for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, no no real surprises. Um, Patrick Ricard is still on the team. So, if anybody... <laughs> the fact that they came a roster spot for that, man. If anybody was wondering, Patrick Project Pat is still around. Um, Ben Mason and Patrick Ricard have roster spots. Yeah, set that sink in. He was he was catching he was catching passes in preseason too. You could have you could have kept Kai. You could have kept Kelly, Mm -hmm. and even you could have kept Kayvon Tebow. Yeah, on the practice squad. Yeah, we kept two fullbacks. Did we keep uh, Volkolek? Volkolek is Volkolek made the practice squad. Yeah, he's on the practice squad. I'm glad. I was surprised by it because he he flashed. I'm glad we kept him, um, just because I kind of. It's it's tough watching because you want to like keep certain guys to yourself. It's like like last year, Shamar Bridges. You know, I didn't want him to get taken. Like I, my my biggest fear is that we a guy's in our training camp and then we let him go and then he goes and they go and they show off and now they're all star and then we get blew it and then next, and we got to watch a team with him for the next four years play for the cheap and he's the best player on the field. Like that's my biggest fear. So I I be wanting to hoard guys pause. <laughs> or, or, <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> on the roster because you just never know when you're going to need them. And what our injury history is like, damn, you never know. Like, yeah. like, I can't wait till Keaton Mitchell gets activated off of IR or whatever. They're probably yeah. going to go IR. He had the sprained shoulder and he's the fourth back. So I, I can't see them him playing the first few games. But I guess they're going to kind of play it by ear. But yeah, no, no real surprises for the final 53. I'm sort of still going to be bouncing things back and forth, like moving things around on the roster in the meantime, even though it's, it's done now. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm cool with it from what I saw so far. Yeah. I was only surprised by Kelly, um, him getting cut, because I thought him being a fifth-round pick, they would know like he would get snatched up just because of him being a, a recent draft pick. Um, also shocked he got picked up because did y'all see did y'all see the footage? Like, um, (laughs) but I I I wanna I wanna like you know make everybody feel better. Jacinta Anderson said the Raven once the Ravens do all their IR designations like Pepe Williams and some other people. Mm -hmm. Josh Johnson is coming back to the fifty three. Kayvon Seymour is coming to the fifty three, and Brent Urban's coming to the fifty three. Okay. So those Brent Urban's guys, a staple here at this point. Yeah, so those guys will be back. So he's a Raven. He's a Raven and not a Raven at the same time. I like that. Seymour is coming back. I like that. Yeah, he yeah. played well. He played well in the preseason. I think that. Look, I think they understand the cornerback situation there in Baltimore right now. And they're going to need him at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Arthur Millet. I meant to bring that up too, but um, I am glad that he's he he is on the fifty three. Who is this was, man? He played with the Steelers, bro. He used to go crazy. Like he wasn't like he used to give his night. Like he used to give his nightmares. Like he he made a lot of good plays in that rivalry uh, situation. That's why the Ravens know him so well and brought him in in the first place. Yeah, but yeah, he didn't really have no work in preseason at all. Um, I think due to injury, but I think he's fully recovered now. Yeah, I thought Merlet. I thought they would have let him go because him not getting much burn and much time. But yeah. they know they what they already know. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Author Millet. I don't know who this man is. 
Yeah, he's a he was a nickel corner in, in Pittsburgh. So. Oh, he's that guy. Okay. Yeah, still his game circled on his calendar. He was he on the. Um, you go back and watch the presser from today. He um he was up there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, he, I just see. Yeah, I think the, the one hour ago they showed him put it up there. Yeah, he did the presser today. Yep. Okay. So he was at practice. Rocky, I mean, so Rock is back. You know, the guys they did have hurt. Jane Lauren Davis is back. So the only one that's obviously an issue is, uh, is Marlon Humphrey at this point. Uh, but you look at like what's first, let's say, like the first couple or three weeks for the Ravens. Um, but I mean, they got what the Texans week one, Texans, Bengals. Um, was it Texans, Bengals, Colts? Is that it? Uh, yeah, Texas Bengals Colts. So the first three weeks, uh, you're playing a rookie quarterback, two rookie quarterbacks, and you know Anthony Richardson with the Colts, and then CJ Stroud with the Texans, um, and then a Bengals team with the Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow just came back to practice this week off of his injury, his situation. Um, so all things considered, the Marlin injury, if he if he if he's healthy on track. He'll he'll come back right right when they need him for that for that was it that Steelers game the Brown Steelers game right when they need him Brown huh yeah so and Keith Mitchell if he's on the pup he'll be out for so he can come right in for that that Steelers I would definitely use Keith Mitchell in that Steelers game week five yeah. week five I'm definitely gonna keep Mitchell in that in that in that Steelers game it's just, they don't know where to hit him. It's just tough. It's like, damn, like who who doesn't play? Because they're not gonna bring four running backs. And just take Gus out. Take Gus out. Yeah, Gus, Gus isn't. Go- I don't think Gus is gonna be a great fit. I think it's gonna be trouble. Yeah. Yeah, based on the, the, the fact that where they the more. fact that they had Gus running in preseason let me know it was like, yeah, this yeah, is because yeah, Gus before wasn't yeah. him and J.K. weren't running in preseason like that. What they yeah. weren't doing that. Yeah. I mean, the fact but, that he was running in preseason, I was like. This sounds a little like they're just trying to find like if if they have maybe a goal to goal situation or I need a guy to get me two yards. Sure, we can pick Gus in, but yeah, I think Monk is definitely going to prioritize speed for sure. Yeah, he's going to be lining up guys that can can line up on line up on the outside. Like Keaton, J.K., Justice Hill, that he can line up as a wide like a wide receiver uh, run routes. Like Gus doesn't really do that, so. I, I still think he will be utilized, but not as much as he did the last two years, three years mm-hmm. under Greg Roman, uh, which is why I think the Ravens, which makes more sense of his contract situation, why the Ravens were willing to let him kind of go on free agency. And then they brought him back on that restricted tender. No one else really signed the tender to go get him, um, which let me know. I think the Ravens probably also have a devaluing. Now that Munkin is there, maybe a diminishing value on Gus Edwards a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so that lets me know what that is. But um, um, so yeah, next week we'll we'll discuss. We'll go over. I think we'll we'll do our division. We'll do division winners. You know, we have our picks for division winners and what we maybe Super Bowl picks we have next week. Um, we got uh, Colorado against TCU this weekend. Uh, Deion Sanders primetime debut. On college, on big noon, big news and kickoff on Fox or whatever. Big noon kickoff on Fox. So. Oh, they on Fox. Okay, they on Fox. Yeah, he been showing commercials for the last two weeks. 
it's prime, man. You got it's prime. Yeah, you gotta you got him. Got to. You got, I'm you got to. You got to. You got to. He's 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 a show all by himself. He's wearing a cowboy hat and everything. He's wearing a cowboy yep. hat and everything. He's all yep. there. So, um, yeah, you have to watch Cyber Coach Prime out there. They're playing a ranked, highly ranked TCU. So we're very interested to see what this Colorado Colorado team can do uh, with Prime as the coach. So I'm pulling for him there out there. Um, Trey, be safe in DR. Uh, Corey was saying, I'll put this up here real quick. Corey said, Troy leaving like Clay out in the boat. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're living out like, on a boat. Find a boat somewhere. It's, somewhere. it's one thing we've, we've we've seen from Trey the last year. This whole year is he's found a boat somewhere. Find a you boat. Find an all white outfit or a boat <laughs> somewhere. You're doing 20, 15 hours at least in a pool every day. <laughs> oh, wow. I, don't, I don't, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. I'm just chilling. This is about relaxation this time. I don't want to be doing too much of nothing. I don't blame you. And you, you going at the right time, missing all these these hurricanes. Man. You missing all these yeah. hurricanes right now. <laughs> close call. Close yeah, call. so you know, the prayers up for the people out in Florida in the panhandle right now because I know they're going through it, sure. flood and stuff. So and just be safe out there, everybody. And uh, we got like another season doesn't really start until, was it next week? 10 yeah, days? Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Um, we got college football to hold us over until professional football gets started. So let's get started. Y'all enjoy let's y'all Labor Day weekend, man. Yeah, enjoy. Oh, yeah, we're going to cook out in Philly. So nice. Nice. Philly. Okay. And some friends. So. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Everybody have a good time and uh, trade. You know, don't get snatched up by y'all in DR. You know. <laughs> Don't, don't don't do anything I wouldn't do. I'm gonna share my location with y'all. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Make sure you come back. That's the that's yeah, the plan. That's all we yeah, you, you got things to do, man. You got things to do. You got response. Yeah. Take care. I do got a lot of right. stuff arriving. Yeah. Can't so, can't afford to go missing now. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. See ya.